0: Good evening, or good afternoon. Oh,
1: hey, good. hey, good evening. How are you doing?
0: Hey, Noah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have Noah Rubin with us today. Uh, he's a comedian. Uh, he runs an open open mic in Seattle, Washington, at the Water Wheel Lounge. Wednesday, and I believe you also go by the name Dino Dad? Dino Dad, Dino Dad. Uh, that That's the, the name I just decided
1: to use over over Instagram and uh, now it's just kind of stuck <laughs> as so, so
0: if, if, but if folks want to find you they can find you on Instagram under uh, Dino Dad Comedy
1: yeah that's correct
0: or, or, or Dino Dad Comedy at gmail.com
1: correct yes those are the places that they can get in touch with me or they can uh, find me through Instagram uh, pretty easily as well yeah
0: but well, very nice. It's nice to have you, Noah. Oh, it's nice to be halved. And and how how are you tonight? I am Today. doing
1: all right. I, I am doing all right. I uh, I I I did my day job, and then I uh, last night was my open mic again for for the fourth night I've hosted it, and it, it went pretty well, I think. So uh, it's been pretty good. Thank you.
0: No problem. Um, you know, I mean, I, I looked at your pictures, and I, I mean, you seem like a nice guy. I I, I, I
1: I try to be I, I I think that's what I'm trying to do at least in the community here with with the open mic uh, it's kind of been a new thing for me I, I about I don't know it was almost two months ago when I just started doing the stand-up thing I, I had other experiences with comedy and watching it but uh, there was a guy another guy host another person hosting it uh, before me and they uh, decided they didn't want to do it anymore. And I did a few open mics there. And then I traveled to Chicago. And uh, I don't know if you know a Steve Springer, but a Steve Springer is another person who hosts the open mic there. It was my first time doing it out of Seattle. And Steve Springer said, why don't you come on over when you get into town? And I did an open mic there. And I was just overjoyed with the, the, the nice community of people. And... I- I was going to yeah. ask
0: you how I was going to ask you how you knew Stephen J Springer. I noticed you're friends with him and I know yeah. you're, you know, Washington and he's in Illinois. I was curious how you two knew each other.
1: Yeah, so uh I was going to go I was in September I was going to a a a music festival with a friend uh, in Chicago cuz I used to live there and so uh, a while ago and so uh what happened was is I, you know, I went on the little Facebook forums and posted a message and uh, Stephen was the only one to respond the, the day I was going to fly out. And Stephen s- said, you know, I'm he's in Norwich, Illinois. And uh, I said, well, I don't know exactly where that is in correlation to the airport. But he said it wasn't too far and that I could take a lift. And then he said he and his wife would drive me back to Chicago. So I said, that sounds like a good deal to me. I just want to get out there and do it. And it was it was so nice. It was such a different experience, just the the style of comedy and. And, uh, and and I had forgotten after living in Seattle uh, about kind of the just the Chicago personalities there. So it was really, really kind of refreshing to, to be there and enjoy that experience. Yeah,
0: I, actually, I'm going to be interviewing Stephen tomorrow evening. Oh, and so I'm really looking forward to it. And if you if you check uh, my, you know, my podcast tomorrow evening, it should be published.
1: Oh, wow. Definitely. I'll definitely check it out. I really enjoyed Stephen. What a nice, nice, nice person. And what a lovely wife he has too. She gave me great feedback as well.
0: Yeah. He seems genuine. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't like a lot of people in the comedy business, but he stands out <laughs> as one of the nicer people.
1: <laughs> That's funny that you say that I, I, I'm, get, I'm getting used to it when I was, uh, just doing this uh, uh, at the open mic and, and trying to kind of navigate how to host it and get people to come in. Uh, um, so, someone uh, who is helping him out, this woman here named Natalie Holt, she she said, I, I endorse Noah, but I don't know if I endorse his starry-eyed approach to dealing with all of the, the people out here. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's interesting to see that. I, luckily, I've met like all nice people here, but I definitely know there's a, there's
0: a part of the world that can be uh,
1: a little bit different as well. It's, it's like there. anything else.
0: Unfortunately, wherever you go, Noah, um, you can have mm-hmm. nice people and, and not so nice people.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Yeah. But I'm, 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 I'm particularly, yeah. go I'm, I'm particularly touched by you. Like I I, I read your Facebook page of uh, um, the, the friends giving seventh year that really touched me.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, it, I, 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 I just didn't, you know, I, I think a part of just being me and being a person is that I, you know, I, I, I strive to, to be a better person and, but I've always, comedy has always just been part of my life in some shape or form. I, but I was telling somebody that you know the 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 day I was born, uh, like my name's is Noah. The, the, my mom always tells me this story that the doctor or whoever came in and asked me if they had come up with a name for me yet, and my mom said Noah, and they said, "Oh no, you don't have a name yet. We'll come back later." And so I always think about, about <laughs> that. That is kind of my introduction to comedy. But the first comedian I ever saw was when I was. 14 or 15 when my parents went to vegas they took me to see george carlin and i always feel fortunate enough to have the, that experience as well
0: oh he was a he was the best he was a classic man i know yeah definitely yeah it's uh yeah. Oh, it's interesting that this guy i when i was a kid this guy no he used to he used to sell weeds to me and, <laughs> and uh hey, he did. He would call my house. My father would answer the phone, and my father screwed it up. He thought his name was Meller, M-E-L-L-E-R. So I said, yeah, Dad, his name is Meller. And I made this whole bullshit story that we wish to work together. And, uh, it was kind of funny, actually. But uh...
1: I, I hope it wasn't me because, you know, what's funny is that I've always had issues when I say my name over the phone that people always say, oh, Miller, and then I have to explain to them it's Noah. But it's I, I, I'm glad to know that there's somebody else that <laughs> – that hears Miller when the name Noah is pronounced.
0: Yeah, yeah well, I won't mention his last name. I don't want to give him out or nothing. But yeah, the way he had his talk, it sounded like Miller. Uh, yeah. But anyway, look, um, I, Noah's a good person. God chose Noah to have an ark because he flooded the earth. <laughs> so that's a good name. And I, I, see, I see you love children.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been working with kids for a long time. I mean, I have two kids, a uh, four-year-old and a nine-year-old uh and but i i've, I've worked with kids uh, i i i actually uh am a, a therapist and i spent most of my career you know working with kids with behavioral challenges and uh where i worked i used to work for the uh, children's hospital here and i used to do crisis outreach and i, I still work with kids and i and and, and i enjoy just the, that process of talking to to folks i often say even when i do my kind of evaluations now through everything's through zoom is that that I try to make it as personable as I can, because I feel as if the, the the what I do is is kind of like a podcast in some way. When I when I listen to them, I listen to podcasts. I feel the the just the idea of, of, of connection through 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 you know authenticity and and uh, good communication. And there and and I do find ways to kind of laugh because I, I tell people too I, I, even at my open mics I tell them you know that that there's a fine line between comedy and tragedy and. What that what brings us pain can also bring us laughter, but we have to kind of strike that balance too. So I, I feel that's that in, in the work I do and and, and with with kids especially. So you are you are you an MSW? No, uh, no, I'm a, a an LMHC.
0: So that that's
1: yeah. So that's that's my a mental health counselor,
0: licensed yeah. mental health counselor. Yeah. Okay, what I mean that's on par uh, with MSW. Um, you know, yes. I mean, you can do similar things with it and you could have your own practice with that, too. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, I see like, you know, your whole your whole world revolves around um, your job and your children and your family. And and I even see uh, you have a cat who's like 20 years old now.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, you saw that. Yeah. yeah. Cat, I don't know what life my cat is on. Uh, he, he seems to have rallied since I put up those pictures because I was worried because he, he's, he's getting skinnier and uh, he, he, <laughs> he hadn't eaten for a few days. And then I just said, you know what, I'm going to go get the food the doctor didn't recommend me to get. And uh, the, it's the unhealthy kind. And, I, and he started eating it up again. So that, that was a good sign. So we think that, that he's he found another life in the
0: past few days. Well, <laughs> have a thyroid checked out. It could be a thyroid.
1: I don't know. They, they, I, I had him checked in they a while ago because he's an indoor cat, and they said he's just old. It's probably his kidneys. He's probably dehydrated, and and you know this is this is where it's at. But so it's just hard to <laughs> know.
0: It's hard. To look, it's, I, I never had a a cat make it to um twenty. Right now, I have one who's sixteen. He, it's that's a record, you know.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, so, that is that's <clears> right. This, this yeah, it, yeah, I think about it. A cat multiply <clears> times seven. It's like 140 years old. They can't imagine <laughs> wandering around up and down stairs at that age.
0: Um no, no, and you get to know the various things. I mean, I I've, I've lost cats, cat, you know, different kinds of cancers and things like yeah. that. So you get to know you get to diagnose what's wrong with them, you know, by mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you're um I, I I wanted to mention uh in one of your pictures, you look like like a skinnier version of Adam Sandler. <laughs> You
1: know, i i've I've heard that forever, and and it's, I'm 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 i I'm glad you mentioned that. I I so years ago, actually, there was a movie with him and uh, Andy Samberg. I I can't remember the name of it, but Andy Sandberg played his like son, in, in uh, his 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 son or something in the movie, and. Uh, and, and so, but, but before that movie came out, I sent an email, I, I'm pretty sure it was the Happy Madison Productions or some kind of Adam Sandler thing, just saying, you know, I, for years I've been told I look like you, Adam Sandler. I posted a picture. I said, I just have this idea of, of what, like, I, I, I don't know, like maybe you get some no-name guy like me to play your son or something in a movie. I said, I've heard it forever. Uh, I said, but it's just an idea. Who, who knows? And then years later, <laughs> this movie comes out. And I, I, I worked it into my bit. And I said, show me my royalties, Adam Sandler, one night when I was just working on on, on this. But that's funny. Yes, yeah, so for a long time, I've, I've been told I look like Adam Sandler. Even when I worked around the hospital, kids would come up to me and say, you look like Adam
0: <laughs> hey that's okay i mean I, I when i was younger you know when i was clean shaven they told me i look like bruce willis but uh you know i, I don't keep <laughs> in shape like he does anymore you know well yippee kai right <laughs> yippee kai yeah now um your, your your wife's name is beth yes okay so i saw a picture of beth's 40th birthday in sunkadia oh yeah uh, and i was thinking oh because there's a roslyn on long island you know
1: oh yeah there yeah roslyn long island huh
0: yeah, and I, I thought, oh, oh, what are they doing in Roslyn? I thought. you know. <laughs> yeah, but but
1: did the Roslyn where it's filmed? You remember that show, Northern Exposure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that, t- that show took place in the setting in in uh, Alaska, but that introduction to the show was filmed in Roslyn. So there's like a little area down there that, that people go by, and then they they uh, they they sell little tourist tourist coffee mugs of, of about that show and stuff there. But yeah, that's the that's the town that. That with that is is nearby that that resort. We like to go to that resort with our kids.
0: Yeah, I never heard of. It. All I know is the other Rosalind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, totally. That's in fact uh, there used to be a, a comedy club there called My Father's Place, and that's where Andy Kaufman got started. Oh my goodness, have you ever seen him? i j- just on Taxi. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, no, i yeah,
1: exactly. I, I, I watched, yeah, I just watched him and. And uh, as a kid as well, that that show Taxi and Cheers were the shows that I was kind of uh, sat in front of and, and Seinfeld, of course.
0: Seinfeld. And of course, that movie with Jim Carrey, where he played Andy Kaufman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then I watched the documentary about that afterwards, how he really kind of immersed himself into that that character. Uh, and it looked like he kind of drove the the cast crazy.
0: <laughs> oh, Carrie was great Carrie's, He's still great. He's just uh, not at his prime anymore. But he's yeah. definitely a very talented. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Person. So, uh, so you're enjoying um, you're enjoying hosting the open mics.
1: Yeah, I am. I am. It's, it's been really fun. It, it's been good for for my mental health. I think just because I, I I really I I mean it's kind of neat since I've done you know I mean even though I didn't do like the, the title of my jobs never was social work I've always kind of done kind of community outreach in some shape or form. So I really tried to, to, to kind of connect with people and make, make the, the, the open mic a, a workshop for people. And I'm still working out the kinks in here, trying to, to, to navigate the time limits and, and go through like codes of conduct and kind of just making sure that we are, we're, we're being supportive and also giving constructive feedback to folks. But it's been really nice. And I've made some good contacts with some of the local talent here and, um, and and surprising because you kind of find out who in this area is, is a rising potential celebrity or something. But they're all just a lot of the people are just really nice and down to earth. And, um, you know, it, it, I think I like that aspect of it as well. And it, it's just just, you know, I think people are working on 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 their routines, but also trying to find a mix of trying to tell stories and, and kind of I, create their own identity. And so it's, it's really neat to, to kind of support that, encourage that. And I decided, you know, the, there's the, the Halloween week is coming up and I want to make it a special night, not just our ordinary open mic. So I, 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 the, the women that have shown up that I think are very funny and have strong personalities, which is very good, I'm inviting them to kind of do a, a, a show for, for, for their night as well. And um, uh, I can't even be there to host. So there's another another, another woman who's going to guest host. And it's the Halloween week. She's going to dress up as me because I wear, like, this little Dino Dad T-shirt
0: <laughs> and a hat. And
1: she's, she said she'll host. And I, I found out she's from, from the Ballard area. And she went to the high school. So I think it's kind of really nice that it's just this local person who's supporting this local bar. And we're putting all these people out. So I'm hoping it becomes a kind of nice little event for, for them and, and supports what they want to do, too. So it's... It's, uh, just, it's just fun for me to organize this and, and, and get to laugh and, and hopefully educate some of the community that isn't aware of how comedians really try to work through their material and work on bombing and all that. So I also do say to the audience, I said, you're just as much a part of this experiment as the, the performers are. So let's work together and, and support each other. And, and uh, the last thing I always say is if Seattle can make grunge a thing, we sure as hell can make comedy our thing too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I'm su- you, So you actually have you have real people in the audience? There,
1: you know, I put out some ads on my own in the, the local <laughs> Seattle Stranger, and there are like real people that stick around. Uh, that, like last week, uh, the, I don't know if you're familiar with this local comedian named Derek Sheen, but he's opening for Pat Oswalt in, in uh, December here. And he showed up because he's been a local Seattle co- comedian for a long time. Um, and, and just I don't know if it was him or if people found out, but just almost all the, 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 the people who, who can do open mics just showed up. It was a really big crowd. I was really overwhelmed because we went from 10 people one night to like 12 the other night to, to 20 people last week. And I, I, and then the bar was full with people. And I, I was just I was kind of trying to figure out, this is only my third time hosting. How do I navigate this and all that? Luckily, lots of people gave me valuable feedback on how to kind of keep, keep the pace and keep it going um as well but it was really really nice to just see that and and, and those kind of uh, more seasoned comics that like Derek Derek have been um just giving me good feedback too on on different things like if I have questions which I'm surprised because I feel, you know you don't always expect people to just respond authentically to these things but it, it's been that it's just been nice and I, I'm trying to nurture that goodwill as well too
0: no keep this going man keep that momentum going because uh, that's first of all the hardest part is, is securing the venue. That's the hardest part.
1: Yeah, and th- that's been great. The the bar, you know, they they they've just been so nice. I mean, they have their other nights. They have their karaoke nights. They have their their uh, trivia nights and their um and their bingo nights. And even the trivia guy, he's a, he's a funny host too. So he even came out to do his first few minutes as well one night, which was really nice. And uh and and it's it's also had me reach out to people just. People I've known in the community that that have done comedy long ago, I'm asking to see if they want to come back out and do some stuff uh, just to just to, you know, either just do it for fun or who knows, advertise whatever they're they're still
0: working on, too. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I I have organized open mics and believe it or not, not even the comics show up and and it kind (laughs) of makes you bitter, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's always interesting because I'll put out these little ads and then I'll try to promote it on Facebook. And then all of a sudden the day of is when uh, like 20 people start writing me saying, do you got room on the list? And I I say, well, we do and we'll we'll figure it out as we go. I just trying to trying to try to end the show because I started at 9 p.m. and try to end it around 11 but it, you know, people sometimes people stay around and just wanna keep keep going. So yeah.
0: No, definitely keep keep that going. I, I have a good feeling it sounds like things and also it's good for you because it, it gives you um it gives you a lot of stage time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and you know, I and 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 uh, that that's the one thing that balances like I wanna work in a few jokes here and there. And last night I it was kind of moving along and I said, you know, I really just wanna try this out too I, I mean i could keep the pace going of the comics and they they let me tell a story which which uh, i i started to read the room because i told a story about when i was a, a kid in seventh grade uh i can tell the story now i don't know if uh, if, if it,
0: it, would that be okay this is your floor noah
1: oh cool so uh i so i i went up to to do my um to host. And, and I, I can't remember what somebody said, but I, I said, you know, what? I was just reminded of this story of when I was in the seventh grade. Uh, and and I told everybody I'm Jewish. I And I was raised in Virginia in a small town called Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, which is, is, is if you're familiar with it, it's it's known for a lot of uh, Southern Baptist folks. You know, that that's fine, but it's a very conservative place. And I it was a, one, a member of the small Jewish community. And that's only to set up kind of the background to this, but I was in the seventh grade and I had this English teacher who was, you know, pretty, pretty strict for the most part. But we had to do a, a biography report. And uh, I had to. So and what we had to do is dress up as somebody from the report. So I chose The Diary of Anne Frank. I read the book and uh, and then I, I, di- I wasn't going to dress up as Anne Frank, but I dressed up as 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 uh, the other other boy in the book, Peter Mondon. And I practiced, I rehearsed, I even tried to put on a small German accent and uh, the class graded you and the teacher graded you. The class gave me really great reviews. They said they, said they gave me an A, they said that was wonderful, amazing. I, I didn't have to even read from the cards, i memorized it. And then the next day I got my report back from the teacher and I was looking through it and uh, had all the comments. And the teacher said on there, It gave me a grade of a C and said, you could have looked more like a Jew. okay? Jesus. So I said that and I told this to to last night and then I stared at everybody and I said. You look like you're feeling sad for me right now, and they said, yeah, and I said, well, let me tell you what my mom told me afterwards, because we were deciding whether we wanted to complain about it or not. We ended up not. But my mom said to me and she's from New York. And and you know, for 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 the love of her, she she has she's a very she kind of matches that that stereotype of a a, a Jew, Jewish New York lady. And she said, Noah, you should show your teacher your circumcised penis. That's what you should do. And that is what my mom told me to do at that age. I I, I didn't, but, but she, <laughs> she, she, we, we we just we opted to just let it go because we didn't want to get into it. But, uh, but 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 my, my mom has always been kind of I've 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 and in, in ter- just thinking of that, too, in terms of our relationship, uh, I, my comedy has kind of helped 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 me work on my relationship, too, with her. I I call her a lot to, to tell her my material and I joke with her. I said, I need a good foil and you're a good foil. I have lots of stories that I can share about our experiences growing up and things that you said at the not the best times. Uh, and and I know you don't like it when I do my impersonation of you, but it's 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 just a good way to to channel because I can say almost anything <laughs> when I talk like you, Ma. <laughs> there are so many things that she 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 said that that that, uh, that that all my friends very thought friends growing up thought were very funny, uh, but also could understand that it would make me uh, feel a little awkward at times too. But,
0: no, of course, yeah, of course, and yeah. I, actually I I heard that, that they're thinking about changing the name to lynchburg because of the word lynch in it
1: you know it it does get associated with with the thing but people from lynchburg often say we uh, we hear you we're 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 not we're not going to say that we're not sure if there were actual lynchings there could have been in the south there but it was all named after a guy named john lynch i don't know the association with him but no
0: But everything is so offensive now. We're at like a super, like the other extreme. Everything is like so sensitive with the toppling of the statues and they're painting graffiti all over the monuments now. Yeah, yeah, so we're, yeah, we're, yeah. Can't see anything now.
1: Yeah, I, and that's 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 what a lot of the, the you know I, you know I I haven't watched the the Chappelle thing yet, but I but but I think once you're in this field, people start asking you questions about it. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just it, it, it is it is. People even at the open mic last night were kind of talking about how there is an attack on comedy right now. And
0: there is. Uh, I think yeah, Dave Chappelle's under fire right now.
1: Yeah, that's that's what uh that's what that's what what it seems like. And and you know I I I, I'm I'm kind of just getting new like understanding what that means as as comedy culture kind of faces this this. Freedom of speech type type thing when it was ne- it was always kind of the the area where people got to kind of push the boundaries a little bit. So
0: you no, know, it's yeah, definitely I, threatened, and and it's I I would say it's more coming more from the left than from not that I you know I'm I'm either one. Yeah. I, I kind of lean more towards the left, but I also yeah. like free speech too.
1: Yeah. No, totally. It it is, and, and 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 I and I and even at the open mic, I'm trying to kind of navigate that because because you know people sometimes say things that offend other people, and I and I'm and I that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to develop a code of conduct here. You know, I want to I want to do our best to, to kind of keep it keep it. I don't need, want it to be like super clean, but I want people to 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 at least try to have some thoughtfulness while also. Uh, and that's why I say it's an experiment, we have to offer each other constructive feedback and we have to learn to give people a, a second chance. Um, uh, and, and, but it's also up to the comedians too to be aware of that and, and kind of know the audience because I said this is a neighborhood bar, I, I mean, I, I, mean it's, it's not, I don't own the place and the last thing they want is, is something associated with them that, that could turn away business so
0: well it's one advantage when you only have comics there they're not going to get offended because half the time they're not even listening if you have an open mic credit comics but yeah if you have real people in the audience they get upset because they might have a child with a disability or a sister who has aids Mm -hmm. and and, you know unfortunately they get they get offended yeah yeah
1: and that that kind of thing happened uh uh last week and, and and you know i i you know, I got a lot of, a lot of feedback and messages and I was just sending out all my apologies and letting them know I was going to make sure to manage this situation and, uh, just take to heart what they were saying. Uh, cause I, I, you know, they, they all, they said, they said, yes, well, you know, we understand you're new to hosting and you're overwhelmed, but you're the curator. You have to kind of set the tone of what's, what the expectations are. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, 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 I pride myself on kind of being a reasonable, flexible person. I think that it comes with also being in this field as a a therapist and trying to, to, to validate people. Uh, and I was talking to somebody too about, um, just another comedian about like as a therapist, you know, sometimes you might have to have a client that let's say, for example, like is, is very openly racist or something like that. But, uh, let's say that they really like bunnies and, the only person in town is a person of color who is transgender and kind of fits all 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 the all the all the marks in that respect and 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 they really want a bunny but they 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 just don't know where to go and i said and i was thinking well you either go to the person who's who's that or you go to the other person in town who's a racist bunny killer so what do you want to do <laughs> and and I, I i just i you know I, I think as a as a therapist you have to you have to understand how to how to even when people are really difficult and don't see things i mean there is a line there too but you have to find a way to find that, that aspect of of, pers- of 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 humanity within them to because because i like i said there's there's pain there and when there's pain, there's an opportunity to 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 reflect. But that's why people go to therapy too, is to 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 understand if, if they are ready to to understand how to how to improve upon themselves. Uh, but but not everybody, at least in the comedy community,
0: I, I suspect always is too. <laughs> they, they they can't afford it. They don't have insurance. Yeah, they have money.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Totally. <laughs> but uh, yeah right in in your field uh they teach you to think out of the box when dealing with difficult clients
1: yeah and 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 and, and, and you know, the clients want to challenge you too at times in that as well
0: and and so
1: i try to you know i try to just kind of see my best where they're going with it without having to solve the problem and well what,
0: what type of population are you working
1: with now oh i work uh i i mean i i work with with just mostly mostly adults and in, in, in teenagers this is kind of the population i work with but i do mostly just i mostly just do intake evaluations and, and 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 diagnostic stuff but I but in that that diagnostic stuff it's more it's they're like 90 minute interviews so i oftentimes just uh like to to listen to people and and validate and and hear their story and and make the process of of the 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 that that process uh just just less that better than what my experience is like when i go to the doctor's office which feels very straightforward direct and not oftentimes a a whole lot of uh what they say not polite bedside manner i try to be very very uh nurturing in in my appointments and check check in with people throughout these things because people are bringing their most vulnerable sides and 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 people are. And a joke I tell is that I have a lot of hilarious, wonderful stories that I could share about my clients,
0: but it would be a HIPAA violation. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta be careful about that. Are you at an outpatient facility or inpatient? Oh, I'm uh, outpatient. Outpatient. Okay. Uh, No, you gotta be really careful about that, right? Because of uh, God forbid it gets back to you. Your job is more important than this is just a hobby. Yeah, this is just a hobby. Yeah. Absolutely, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you can make up fake names and kind of, you know, skirt around. But you're right; you want to protect your job. Before. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. So I would really try to just step away from that. And, and and the 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 but what is interesting is a lot of comedians talk about their mental health and stuff. So I was talking about how it was like a group therapy last night, and then somebody was talking told, telling a joke about how they kind of like try to get their therapist to laugh. So I said, I brought up, I went up afterwards and I said, I said, if you try to get your therapist to laugh and your therapist laughs, they're having what what is called counter-transference. <laughs> and counter-transference is where where your, your therapist is having feelings towards you and you don't want to have your therapist having feelings towards you. But the therapist will likely never tell you that. They'll have to talk to somebody else about why they're having feelings towards their client. But if you're trying to make your therapist laugh, that's called transference, where you're trying to get some feeling out of them. And that probably needs to be discussed with your therapist about what that's going on there.
0: So well, I'm I might evaluate my own therapy. I make my therapist laugh all the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but it's fine. After you develop a relationship with the therapist, after a while, they get to know you. So I mean, they're they It's it's hard to kind of follow to the T that all the the ethical stuff that they try to tell you. So I just say it's in in the end, it's always about ethics. Is just about doing the most right thing, which is what I tell too with the open mics night. Is like I got to do the most right thing, and the most right thing does doesn't mean that people here won't be offended. So
0: that's just well, how it you, goes. you try your best, but I mean, it it, it just sounds like like you. You sound sincere. You don't sound bitter or angry, that, and that's a nice thing, you know. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I'm not, and I, 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 I don't want to be bitter or any of those things. I, and I want to pay attention to that because that, 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 that can just lead to, you know, something self, further self-loathing. But there's, oh, it, you know, it there, could,
0: there, or, 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 or a little punch to your comedy. It depends. are yeah. a lot of good angry yeah. comics out there too, you know.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I, I, well, what's his name? Lewis Black has that that thing, too. I think of him and his his kind of growl to to humor.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He can't stand his goddamn kids. The freaking kid falling <laughs> on his when i squash the kid. You
1: know? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate his uh, sarcasm too. And uh, you know, I, you were mentioning about uh, you know, um, trying to you know squeeze a few jokes in without you know. Taking up too much time in the stage reminds my father. uh There's a Yiddish word of a hog. It's called chaza. Stephen, uh-huh. don't chaza. A ha, a hug, a chaza. Chaza. Is that chaza? Is that how, how it goes? Chaza. Uh, I, uh, the ch, the ch. I, I think
1: it's uh-huh. the ch. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, chaza. you would say that. you've it, got a lot of Chutzpah, Chutzpah, or narishkeit. <laughs> and all these words like drilled into my head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I, I never knew there were jews out of new york but you're right i guess there are jews in other parts of the country
1: i uh, you know, we, we are and we we uh i mean that's one of the songs they teach at sunday school wherever you go there's so, only someone jewish you're never alone because god made you a jew uh song is stuck in my head but um yeah i mean i i, I it is interesting whenever i well, actually, that, that happened, too, at the open mic is where there was it was night where there are like three or four other Jewish people here. And I said, I said, you know, if we had six more of you, we could have a minion. We could just. Oh, uh, yeah. Ten.
0: for the minion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We
1: could we could stand up here and just daven in front of everybody.
0: <laughs> that'd be that'd be funny. Yeah. Make a satire. Yeah. Get up with your yarmulkes and do it. Yeah. Do a demonstration minion. There you go. You know.
1: Yeah, totally. So. Yeah, no, but it is always neat when I run into to other Jewish people, I always feel like my, my guard is down a little bit. And, and it's not that it's up with other people, but I just kind of feel this, like, oh, we we get each other. I, I, I like there's just some component there that 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 about like, you know, these even though there's stereotypes, there's things that, that, that we know that, that we kind of get about one another, that there's some aspect of being in a loud family, constantly yelling at one another and. And uh, uh, and talking over each other and 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 and, and just <laughs> laughing about like yelling about the absurd stuff and laughing about like really silly things that don't even
0: matter. Yeah, but you gotta be careful because Jews are as competitive as hell too. <laughs>
1: I, I, I I and that's the thing. I'm not a competitive person. I I I am the one who's gonna be like, eh, because my my father he, he's no longer alive, but he. He, he was a psychologist, too, and he would always say things like, you know, he, he was not somebody who competed, but he would always say, you know what, quitters never lose, is what he would say to me. And, and, and I said, well, he said, because if you give up, you, you didn't win, but you didn't lose. He would always tell me that, and I said, I, I don't know if that's the best advice to give anybody, but it's a good way of looking at, <laughs> it's a positive way of looking at giving up.
0: <laughs> yeah he had he had an interesting spinner an interesting way of, of th- saying things that's yeah. uh wow it's like No, oh wow so you uh and um did, did your mom did your mom have a career
1: yeah she was a teacher uh, uh in in education for a while and she just has has had different different jobs and now she 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 lives in, in she lives outside uh myrtle beach south carolina and she just has different hobbies and things like that 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 she does and, and 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 stays healthy and 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 you know she she's there but yeah she's she's been doing all right
0: uh, so yeah you, you come from two, two two jewish cultured intellectual parents
1: it, it was definitely an experience it, it be, seeing them and 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 how they they kind of dealt with certain situations they had very different personalities my my mom was very Extroverted. My dad uh, would often say that he was unsociable. I mean, he was sociable, but he 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 could just happily sit in front of the, the TV and and uh uh and, and mind his own business. But uh, around the, the high holy days, because my dad was Orthodox, raised Orthodox, and he would do his best to uh, follow all the the Jewish laws as best that he could. He he davened every Saturday uh, and put the tefillin on. And um, and but around Yom Kippur, when it came up, he, he, especially as he got older, he 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 uh, he, he did never wanted to commit a sin. So he so my my mom, who was not as 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 observant, said that she she would turn the TV on for him because you weren't supposed to turn the TV on. And my dad right. would always surprised that it was on. He's like, oh, look, it just happens to be on the channel that I am. Well, I guess I, <laughs> I can't I can't not watch it. So I always told my mom, I said, I think God forgives you for committing that sin. I said, you were doing dad a favor because otherwise he'd be walking around the house just annoying you all day long. She said, yeah. She said, you know, so that's what that's what she would do to, to make his and her life a little bit easier uh, uh, as he got older, especially. Yeah. Well,
0: it kind of reminds me of like my parents, uh, my, my father, you know, he, he wanted to keep a kosher home. My mother would sneak bacon into the refrigerator. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. My dad he 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 did his tried his hardest to make sure that I didn't eat any uh any pork or any anything like that that was unkosher until after I had my bar mitzvah. Then he said they're no longer my sins. <laughs>
0: oh, the, yeah, yeah. Because you're a man now, yeah. And actually, you know, I read that pork has a uh, natural insulin in it. Oh. So if you yeah. happen to ever have a blood sugar problem, it's a good thing to know. You know? Well, uh,
1: that's good. <laughs> diabetes does run in my family. I'm always trying to watch it. They they, they always tell me you have pre pre diabetes and they like, what's that? And they said, It's 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 not quite there, but it's almost to pre-diabetes. You're pre so diabetes. You preference so- it just—it's genetic. It runs in my family. i i, I have to like—I haven't—I don't check it, but every year they always tell me, "Oh, you need to exercise more," and I—I and I said, "And eat less bagels." <laughs> so I eat so many bagels, I had to slow down my bagel intake.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the carb. I tell you, what scares me more is not the diabetes. What scares me more is the needles. I'm terrified of needles, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, that 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 that. that I mean, to, to do it that frequently is 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 uh. Is gotta be not is you know, I, I've seen people and they they get used to it, but uh, I, I couldn't do that all the time, It'd be really hard. So, I'm hoping to definitely avoid that situation.
0: Oh, yeah, if you can, whatever you could just try to drink a lot of water, keep those liver that liver clean, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. But, um, anyway, all right, so, um, so you've been in comedy, uh, you said you did you say a couple of months you've been in comedy now, a couple of months,
1: but I actually, you know, I, I, I. I used to live in Chicago in uh, 2004, and I and I was interested in doing improv comedy. And uh, I, I there was Second City, and then there was this other place called Improv Olympic. They call it IO, and you know all these performers they come out of there and try to, to get on Saturday Night Live and stuff. So I, I did did Improv Olympic there for, for uh, a class uh, for a few for like a, through their fourth level, or third or fourth level, and then I got to the fourth level. And what happened was, is, is I don't remember the, the teacher's name, but but I, I, I wasn't trying to 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 get famous or anything. I was just there to learn and have fun. It was. It, but I also had a little chip on my shoulder. I was, was like 20, 23 at the time, I think. But I, I would go up there I would perform. I would be silly and, and have fun. But the, the, te- the, the teacher at the time. Like after I did this one scene, I don't even remember what it was. I think I was like acting like a, like a like a a bear chasing another bear around for some reason. But I was laughing while I was doing it and the teacher said to me, Noah, we have a problem. You're up here and I want you to, to not try to be so funny. You're trying too hard to be funny. And I said, I'm having fun is what I told him. And then and then I got a little upset because he kept trying to like tell me about this his feedback over and over again. And he and, and I'm, you know, I'm paying like $300 at the time for this, this class. And he says to me, Noah, I'd like to talk to you after class. And I said, okay. So he brings me in the, the back room and he says, Noah, if you're not going to take my feedback, then, then I don't know what we're going to do. And I said, well, and I just told him I'm going to quit. I said, I'm not going to do this. I, I, if you don't like how I am, I don't think that this is going to be a good fit. And I had always regretted that I quit because I felt like I was, I was enjoying it and I, I, I had, I was getting good at it. And then I, I, I quit because I didn't like, like, I didn't get along well with that teacher at the time. And then years later, I, I actually moved to Korea to teach English over there. And I connected with uh, uh, people who are doing some startup improv over there. It's, it's grown over there, but they call it Seoul City Improv for, for ex- expats. And I think they also have, have uh, uh, people, uh, Korean people now doing the comedy too, or the improv comedy. But I, I joined a little improv troupe out there and got back into it and performed in Korea, which was kind of fun as well.
0: But yeah, stand up. Yeah. You've been, you've been, when did you have time? When did you go back to school? When did you have time to get your master's degree?
1: Uh, So I, I met my now wife Beth when we were in Korea in 2000, I think it was, I met her in 2007. We started dating in 2008 and then uh, I left Korea and then, then we had decided that our, the story kind of goes one way or the other, but I ended up wanting to move to Seattle with her. And long story short is is that we got married in 2010, and I started school soon after we were married, I believe. And then I graduated in 2012. So yeah, I uh, got my master's in 2012, and kind of kind of carried on with my life since.
0: <laughs> Mazel Tov.
1: Thank you. No
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, no, look, there's two ways of looking back at what happened with that. Uh, you know, you could say or you could have listened to him and you weren't ready. Or you could say that he was just being a stuck up professor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I I, 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 I could have listened to him. I, But, I mean, everything kind of leads somewhere. I mean, it, who knows? You know, I, I thought for such a long time about doing stand up, even before that. And I it all I was just too nervous to do it. And and I think the pandemic here kind of put things in perspective a little bit while I was just out one night when things were starting to open up again. I was getting excited, and then things started to close down again. And things started to open up again. And so then I was sitting there and they had the sign. And I and I said, you know, I looked at it, I took a picture, I sent it to a few people, and I said, It's a sign. And uh yeah, I mean, the, the, I said if I, I don't do this now, we don't know what's going to happen. Like things could just shut down again, and and I will say I'll wish I had always done this. So yeah, yeah it's I, when I, you're
0: ready, when you when you there's a clock in your head, you know, when you're ready. Yeah, so, yeah. I, and, I, I started doing it until I was forty years old.
1: Yeah, and that's me. I'm forty. I, yeah, yeah. I turned yeah I turned forty, and I and, and my my wife would. It was kind of when I was first getting into this and just figuring it out. She was kind of joking, saying, "No, are you having a midlife crisis?" And I said to her, "Who are you to decide the middle of my life?" Is what I said to her. But uh, yeah, I, I, I uh, it's, it's been, it's been, it's just been good to, to do this, and, and I, and I just really, I just like how people are passionate, and, and there's just such a nice diverse community over here. And it's really neat to hear people's just different perspectives on, on the world and how they see it. And I think a lot of these, these comedians in Seattle are bringing just, just a lot of, a lot of good experience to life and, and, and connection, which, which is really nice to hear. And and it's just been, been good for me. uh, It sounds
0: like a a nice place to visit.
1: Yeah. I I really like Seattle. I mean, uh, it, I, I definitely you know when i when i leave here i do do i like when i was in chicago in september i was like oh in, in chicago you can walk down the street and just talk to the stranger uh, that that's walking by about pretty much whatever and then here you know it, 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 when when social distancing kind of came a a, a a common word in our lexicon it was almost as if people in seattle didn't realize that that uh, people weren't social distancing already because it's just so common for them here <laughs> here to do that. So I, I walk around and I try to say hi to people, and and, and people kind of will pause a little quickly, and and I realize that that that's that's not that's not a that's a common thing here, but not not other and other other bigger cities like Chicago and so forth.
0: Oh no, Chicago sounds a lot like New York City.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and and that's why I I wanted to move I, when I, I moved to Chicago because I I didn't want to move to New York City because I thought that would be just too overwhelming for me. But I, I Chicago was kind of a a, a a kind of a good middle ground of being a, a city and a neighborhood all all combined into
0: one. No, definitely, I, no, it's another place I would like to visit. And I was wondering, um, because you were with Second City, um, improv, if you knew uh uh Matt Cassane.
1: Oh, I don't know him. I know I know him through through watching him, and I was I, I was at Improv Olympic, but I knew I, I knew I knew I knew of him just not not directly at all, but I knew of him just because of of seeing his videos, and 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 I was actually thinking about him the other day because I always think he kind of looks a little like George Carlin.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, he um he he does the Chris Farley uh, impersonations. Oh, he does.
1: Is it maybe, is I thinking the same guy? Then I wonder if is does he have a beard
0: no no your- he, no, he says he says he looks like brian dennehy maybe oh, i don't think okay, so but
1: yeah, then, then it's different there must be another uh uh kasane or something similar but yeah i i don't yeah i don't know matt kasane then
0: because uh, I, I did an interview with him a few days ago uh he uh-huh. was on a podcast also another another great guy another nice guy oh cool
1: cool well i'll have to look him up and maybe he can connect and come out here too
0: sometime um, I'm sure he would talk to you. He seems like a, a, a very down to earth, approachable guy. Uh, yeah. You know, he does a, he does a podcast. He's an actor. He's been a broadcast. Oh, cool. He's a comedian. And they always tell you in like in comedy, in comedy clubs or comedy school to, you know, not don't just see yourself as a stand up comedian, work on other uh, artistic projects.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that is one thing that they did say when I started improv, too. They said the way to get good at, at improv is just to keep learning about things because you can always incorporate your ideas and things that you see in, into into what you say and how you present it or providing some satire on something serious or whatever. And I remember that that somebody went up there and talked about the Cubs and they said, oh, so they said, oh lovable losers, it's just the biggest marketing scheme ever. There's no reason to win. <laughs> They'll keep making well, money I, I, off of that.
0: <laughs> I, I heard the White Sox was a worse team than the Cubs. I
1: haven't mean, I, I kept track of it, but I, I mean, there were years that they were good. I, I mean, I, 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 I do remember sitting at home watching the White Sox uh, with uh, what's his name from from the the who who was on the the Yankees, El Duque, or, or was it Orlando Hernandez?
0: yes 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 yeah
1: i remember watching him and i i just loved how he pitched and when he when he was on he was on and he was on during the
0: world series uh i can't remember who they were playing but are you talking uh, about like uh, between 96 and 2001 around that era it was
1: it was it was it was yeah it was it was about that time and he had switched he had he was on the white Sox, and he he came in and he he was a relief pitcher and he just pitched as hard as he could and uh ended up winning the the world series for them and i was rooting for him because i just grew up watching the yankees with my
0: dad i saw i saw the yankees caps in your pictures
1: yeah this guy is a wow well i am and i also don't like the yankees for the same reason a lot of people don't like them but i'm a yankee fan because my dad always watched the yankees and he would always decide if it was going to be a good year or a bad year based upon how well the yankees did and uh and, and so the hat I wear is, 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 as far as I know, one of the last hats he wore. So I wear that up there and uh, it's kind of like and I and one of the other nights I, I, I decided to redo my eulogy as, as kind of my opener uh, one night for my dad. And I just told different stories about him because when I first did my eulogy, you know, I did it in front of I said an audience. I said it's not an audience at a funeral, but I, I did my eulogy. And, and you know it's it, it you know it's it, it it was it was serious and it's sad. It's a funeral. And I said, but 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 you know, I I think if my dad were listening to, to to this, he would he would he would he would also want to want to hear some of the humor and the funny parts about his life. So I I I told a story about when I was a kid and he he took me to Hooters when I was nine, and I and I I didn't know what to expect. I thought I was going to have uh, owls for dinner, but that was not the kind of Hooters that were were there at all when i went in (laughs) yeah but it was but i but i do remember going with him so i shared that story and 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 just those little silly little experiences i had and it was kind of nice and i told the, the the crowd at the open mic i said i feel more comfortable sharing stories about you with my father and i don't even know any of you uh than i did at my father's funeral i said i said i think i gave a nice little eulogy for him but but i'd like to kind of do this in a different way and i said you can always redo a eulogy
0: whenever because whenever the- he's up there listening
1: yeah no i i always say he's up there listening and and he he finally got yankees entertainment station that's what he, he was always hoping for to, to get he always wanted yankees entertainment station so I said he's up there listening and and uh and and laughing
0: <laughs> i saw i, I saw the, picture, the skinny guy glasses and a mustache and a hat
1: yeah that's him yeah 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 that's
0: that's my dad he yeah. was older too he was an older man
1: he, well he always you know he, he was he was always an old soul he, he he died at I think it was 72 he was born in in September of 44 and died in in uh, to 2017 so it was before his 73rd birthday yeah so yeah he, he he wasn't too old but he was always kind of an old soul and and uh, had a lot of, a lot of fun stories I remember he 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 had he he uh, kind of had braces on his legs, kind of like Forrest Gump. And he, when that movie came out, he said, "Oh, I was just like that when I was a kid. He couldn't walk <laughs> for a long time, and he, uh, he he was a cow like he wasn't like like a Dallas Cowboy fan, but he was a cowboy fan. And he uh, he 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 was uh, fascinated with with all the cowboys, like Gene Autry and so forth. But Gene Autry had a show, and my dad tells me the story, and I wish I could find the recording of it, but he somehow got to go watch the, the Gene Autry show. And they, they, had, they Gene Autry had a, a question, apparently, where we would ask a kid uh, 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 like to, to ask a question. And my dad was there, so Gene Autry asked him, and he said, is there such thing as a crippled cowboy? And I don't remember the name of the cowboy, but Gene Autry went in and told him all the story about a cowboy that had trouble walking and said, of course, you can be a cowboy. And so that was one of those little special moments that I think my my dad cherished. Is that you know, Gene Autry made him feel like he could do 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 what he wanted to do.
0: That's very inspirational. Yeah. Very absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, look, um, 70s. My father always told me that you know, men when they're 70s they start to fall apart, and and he fell apart in his 70s too. Yeah. You no. Know?
1: Yeah. It's just the way yeah. it is. You know. It, it was hard, but it, but it, but definitely, my dad, he, he, he did his best every time to, um, to, to you know, just, I, I, it was always hard for me to kind of tell, you know, where he was at, but he would always do his best to kind of remember me. But I think towards the end, he, his memories were just more like he would remember me as a child, and I could tell in his voice that he was talking to me as if I was little Noah. So it's kind of well,
0: still the connection. It sounded like he had a little dementia in the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. That there, there, he was. That's what he was experiencing at the end. And my mom did her best to try to take care of him, uh, and 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 ensure that he he could could get to where he needed to go next as easily yeah. as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, he was a psychologist. His mind was as sharp as a tack. And yeah, now was, his mind was going to mush.
1: Yeah, he was. He was a super smart guy, but uh, always always very loving, for sure. He no, definitely.
0: We all got to go one way or the another, Noah. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, let's just recap uh, for our listeners. You, uh, you're at the—is it the Waterwheel Lounge? Yeah, every the Wednesday? Waterwheel
1: Lounge in Ballard. I'm at the Waterwheel Lounge in Ballard. I do a open mic every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Uh, and I'm going to do a Halloween show. And I'm just trying to get in, you know, as many people that I can to come watch that show. It's going to be kind of a, a a a night where where we have female performers. Uh, some of the 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 female performers that are that are uh, i think are pretty top top in the area so it will be a lot of fun i'm going to start advertising that that soon as i get my little uh, poster ready my friend is making a poster for me for it so yeah
0: very good and and folks they can find you again on instagram at dino dad comedy yeah yeah they can email you yeah
1: yeah, D- Dino Dad Com- Dino Dad comedy at Gmail or Dino Dad comedy
0: uh,
1: on Instagram. Uh, call it Dino, call it Dino, whatever. Just, uh, just find me there, and uh, I'd be glad to help help hook you up with a few minutes at the
0: open mic. You hear that, folks? No trying to do something new, something novel and special in Seattle. So please support him. He sounds like a nice guy. I'm gonna publish this this evening, and then if you want. share, share a link to the podcast so more people can know about you and what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you so much, Steve. It was a pleasure uh, uh, being on your show. And um, I just I I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. it's kind of nice to just uh, share the thoughts and have uh, have somebody who kind of understands it listen
0: as well. No problem. I, I enjoy what I do. And that's half the battle, Noah.
1: Yeah, well, I hope we can stay in touch and talk again some other time.
0: Absolutely. If you want to come back and update us, you know, uh, you're always welcome to come back again. Talk to me for another hour. It's fine.
1: All right. Thank you so much. You take care and have a good rest of your evening.
0: You too. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.